I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Hi, it's Demetrius. Hey, Demetrius, it's Mark. They're in. Nice. Taking it to the next level. Launching phase two of Gable Media on October 7th. 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 Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Jason. Morning, everyone. And you are listening to Spaces Podcasts Express. Thank you for coming back, everybody. Jason, so this past week, I have a new project that I just walked. Literally a death trap. Uh, It's an existing building doing a significant remodel, so we're making it not a death trap anymore. (laughs) But it's... uh, But it's basically a, uh, like a, when you walk the project, it's basically like this long, long lot, long, skinny, deep lot. And uh, it appears to be two, at some point have been two homes that were attached together and created this larger structure, but the homes are on different finished floor heights. So in the middle, there's like all these ramps that try to bridge the gap between the two because they use it as one large facility. And um, so that's just one thing. <laughs> that's just the, the first, as soon as you walk in, that's kind of what, what I saw. 
And then as you walk around, you see like all the different this is rooms. assisted care living. Yeah. So everybody, okay. all the people in the home were, were in wheelchairs. And okay. so they, so they have to have ramps, ramps. to yeah, get, for sure. to get around the building and in and out of the building. And, um, when you walk around, uh, some of the rooms do not have an exit to get out. Like you can't get out of the building. And if you're in a wheelchair, um, you can't jump over a deck. You can't jump out of a window. So somehow they were, they basically jerry rigged doors to go into another room to get to an exit, which is a no, no, you, you can't go through a room. Yeah. You can't go through another room to get to an exit. Uh, so that's another thing. And then there was another instance where there was a room that opened up to a, an exit, uh, and it had a ramp. And if you go down the ramp, you run into a wall. <laughs> and I was like, like there's a turn or there's just a straight wall. Like you just, pick the wrong exit, just like a, a, B or C and you pick C and you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. It's just, <laughs> just a wall. If you were to close the door behind you and try to go the other direction is stairs. So if you're in a wheelchair, you go from a ramp to a wall and then the stairs. Yeah. So a literal death trap and the people, the people that took this place over, um, you know, they purchased it that way. And uh, did they know what they were buying? That's the thing. And this is the thing that makes me really upset about, you know, seeing this kind of stuff being in the building industry is thinking about these people that take advantage of others for a quick buck they're like i know construction i can i can do this for you because as a as a building owner you need you just need it to work as you need it to work so you're like i need more storage i need more whatever and somebody comes up to you and says yeah i can do that i can i have a whole team that can come and bang this out for you really quick the instance where the ramp was is it was the side yard of the 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 property so that ramp basically gave them a path, straight path to the street. I assume the person that owned the building before needed more storage because now it's used as like bedding and all this other stuff. It's just a little storage space and you can see it's popped out and it's not a part of the existing building. So they popped out this little build out area uh, for more storage, but it blocked the path of egress uh, exit. And that's usually something that gets inspected, though, even like the fire authority and everybody else. I but mean, if they, they come don't, through our freaking building once a year, it's like annoying. You but, know what I mean? But yeah. But if they don't know and mm, there's yeah. not, you know, reason to do, I, I guess in this particular space, they weren't doing as many um, inspections as they do nowadays. Okay. So that may not have been caught. But during the actual construction, if it's illegal, and the city has no idea. It's in the backside of the property where you can't you see know. anything. So if you're driving by as an inspector on the street, you wouldn't see it at all. Uh, so how would you know? So that kind of stuff makes me really upset because not only does are you taking advantage of the person, um, but the people that are going to live there now have to deal with it and potentially lose their life because of some stupid thing that you did because you're looking for a quick buck and you don't know what you're actually doing. Well, that's the interesting thing too, right? Like, you know, fortunately I don't have anybody that lives with me that is in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Um, but you'd think if he had to go, you know, find 
um, a livable place for an individual that you know of, or, you know, a loved one or whatever, that's in a wheelchair, you'd see these things mm-hmm. and be like, how do I get out? If there's whatever, you know, and it's like, okay, well that goes to a wall and stairs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why would I pay you to live here? You know yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I like, I kind of, because you look at it from this way, the guy wants to make a quick buck mm-hmm. and however they're doing it. Right. If that's the term that we're going to use, but in order to make a quick buck, you got to have people that want to you know, be patrons of the service that you're providing. Right. Mm-hmm. So if the patrons have any idea what they're looking at and they're not providing the service, he's going to have to fix it the right way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting to me. Like I don't see, but it's kind I, of an, yeah, then you and that's then, not the point I know, but and then it comes into like, is their rate uh, for that one versus yeah, is their rate much lower than comparable ones? And unfortunately, some people don't care or they don't have family members that are looking out for them. Yeah, um, it's just yeah. someone right. just being plopped into a, a unit somewhere. But it's just so unfortunate that these type of things happen mm. and not everybody is aware of what to look for or, you know, is thinking in, in those steps ahead. They may look at the inside and like, Oh, it looks nice. And the staff is really nice and seems like a good place, but you're not thinking in the event of an emergency, how is my family member going to get out of here? But, um, those type of instances just drive me insane to see. Have you come across anything or any personal experience just stumbling upon you know, yeah, poor construction I mean, and you know design. What you, so usually this happens in remodels right it's not new construction mm-hmm. so when you're doing some type of change or you go into it like a lot of times we're in a single family and, and we're doing some work for somebody that we know and they've got a gc or whatever right and so they're ripping out buying a new house they're ripping out all the showers the floors you know all these other kind of things maybe moving some stuff and what we see a lot of times is the band-aid fix or mm. the desire to have a band-aid fix, right? Mm. So for instance, you got somebody that goes in, they've got hard wo- hardwood was installed all over, it's glued down. You tear it out, you know, it just it shreds the subfloor, right? Mm-hmm. Especially OSB, it just comes apart. And so it gets super spongy and soft, right? So when you go and you walk it and you're looking at it like, okay, hey, you know, when are you guys putting down a new subfloor? Right. Oh, no, can't you just patch it and go over it? You know what I mean? It's, it's always, and it's not the homeowner necessarily saying that. And I'd be okay with that because they just don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's a contractor. Hmm. He's like, no, you guys just need to float it and go over it. I'm like, dude, the integrity of this thing is toast. Like, like I'm like, walk over there. You know what I mean? And you can see the floor pouncing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, and, and you just, and some's got holes. You know what I mean? Like little <laughs> holes and stuff. And they just want to put a piece of sheet metal over it. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so we see a lot of that and that's super frustrating and it's frustrating for a couple of things. One, because a, it's not the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. B, the contractor doesn't know what he's doing. and doesn't have a contingency in there for that to have happened when they're doing a demo. So they don't want to go back to the, the client and be like, Hey, I screwed up. It's mm-hmm. going to cost an extra 2,500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that kind of thing. And then they want to put pressure on us to fix it. And so it becomes this whole back and forth. I see that a ton. Yeah. The other thing that I see a lot is horrendous waterproofing on showers and that type of stuff. Mm. So they still think that green board is acceptable. Dense glass, you know, dense, dense shield, dense glass is a new product. It's a fiberglass backed product, but it's still got gypsum in it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's not a waterproof substrate. You got to waterproof it properly. Mm -hmm. Other practices that I see, albeit not necessarily incorrect, but probably not the most of professional is when guys are doing just like hardy backer on the walls and a paper. So for my trade, it's usually a paper and a lath and then you float it or you use like a, a positive waterproofing system. You know what I mean? These days, 
but they just don't pay attention to those things and just don't care because it's not, I don't know if they don't care, hmm. but they're just not paying attention to those things. And it's not their house. Mm-hmm. And I find out if they don't care when I start pushing on it and they're just like, no, just do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those kind of things. So I think that's the biggest time I run into a lot of stuff. And to me, those are the same contractors that are probably dicing up this house and thinking that's okay. You mm-hmm. know, those two, those two buildings that you're in mm-hmm. thinking it's okay. It's like, well, this is what they want. So I'll just go ahead and do it. And I'm not living here, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And, um, I'd like to say that catches up with people, you know, at some point, I, but then again, you and I've probably seen stuff too, where joists are being plain, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like to down to nothing when there's like a hump and you're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like can you fix the hump? Like uh, clearly there's a header that, you know, or, or a post beam that's too high or something and fix that. Yeah. Um, you know, you see a lot of those things. You see a lot of like, especially when they tear into walls in a remodel, you find all sorts of ugly. You don't want to know. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I tell people like anytime, like, Hey, the least amount of walls you can open up becomes your responsibility after that. Like don't do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just don't do it. Plumbing is the other one where sometimes I see just like the worst sloping I've ever seen in my life. I, I can't huh? remember the gal. I can't remember the gal that was, we talked to that one time since she went Chris, out to the job site. Christine. Christine well, was a Christine. Yeah. I mean, you see stuff like that all the time and I'm looking, I'm like, is that fall correct? I'm like, that's not gonna, <laughs> like, that's not gonna work. You know what I mean? Plumbing uh, is like crazy. You always run into some crazy stuff in plumbing. I've seen just like gnarly stuff, jerry rigged things. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been, we've seen shower. We just recently did a shower for a, for a friend of our business. And he's like, yeah, it's always smelled kind of funny. Right. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm like, I'm like, maybe it's just what happens with the old mud set pans. Like the water just sits in there, you know, mm. even though there's weep holes and stuff, it just never really dries. So it gets kind of a musty smell. It's just inherent. It's not wrong. It's just what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, once we tear that out, that'll probably solve the problem and we'll redo it this other way. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, then you finally get into it and then you realize the drain's kind of funky and it's like soft around there. And you're like, all right. And then you look at, you pull the subfloor. We didn't do it. The contractor did pull the subfloor and the drain, you know, the drain's here, but yet the pipe that it's supposed to go into is above it. Uh. <laughs> so it's like, there's a long enough run to where water collected from a height standpoint. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the problem is if the drains here, wherever it's going to fall into down here has to be lower than it from a gravitational standpoint, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, even though there's a huge long pipe, it's slightly above it. So the water <laughs> would just sit in there, you know uh, what I mean? Until enough water was there to push out the top level of the water, if you would. Yeah. And you just see stuff like that and you go, and somebody put this in at some point and thought that was okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, you have to do a lot of rework and you know, that he doesn't know. And he's asked my opinion, I'm like, you got to redo this. I'm like, you got to spend the extra couple thousand dollars and you got to redo it. Like yeah. it's a, it, you have to do that. There's the only way around it, but you just see a lot of those things and you just get frustrated. Somebody took their money and you know what I mean? And said, yeah, I'll take care of it for you and, mm-hmm. and did this together and made their quick buck and did the least amount of work possible. Yeah. And, and you're leaving people and these are the people, remember going back to my contractor's license. Yes. These are the people that are licensed by the state. You know what I mean? All these other kind of things. You're like, how, like, like have some pride. You know what I mean? Like, well, some like, of them, little. some of them aren't. <laughs> yeah. So there's a whole other level to that too. Right. Yeah. And then there's that thing of, you know, whether it's the homeowner or the contractor, like someone's always, it, there's always someone that makes a decision to cut the corner for savings or something like that and it's okay it gets the job done for a few years but then it's a nightmare for uh the person that lives there or works there sometime down the line or whoever it goes to after that who's probably paying a lot of money for that property 
And now they, they end up with this problem much later that's significant usually by the time that they figure it out. It's uh, completely damaged the building. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a good example like in, in our house where we redid and we did our garage add-on, right? Yeah. I've seen it before where somebody's doing something to that effect and, and obviously you've got a pretty big heavy header to hold up the garage door area, mm-hmm. right? And so when we add it on, you have two options. Either leave that header there or you got to re-engineer the trusses and everything to cut that thing out and then take the whole load of that whole weight, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I've seen it before where people are like, well, I don't want that header in there. So they cut the header out and they just try to tie the new stuff into the rafters mm-hmm. without reloading it. Yeah. And and those and the contractor tells the person like, yeah, this is fine. We'll just tie into here, here, and here, and whatever. But there's a whole weight bearing problem. That's when you start seeing the old houses where they have stuff that sinks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're doing it the wrong way. Because aesthetically, this is what I wanted. I don't know any different. And this guy's telling me he can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you just those are the types of things that I see all the time. I mean, I've walked into houses where things dropped four mm. inches from one spot to the next. Jeez. And you're just like, I mean, it's just huge. And then you go and look at it and there's something that was cut out or, you know what I mean? Like things that were scabbed on when there was rot or termite damage. And it's like, you can't just slap a new board onto a termite. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, So you see a lot of that stuff, like I said, again, which is super frustrating. Yeah. And you feel bad. You feel bad for the person because they don't know what they're getting into. And now they're thousands, you know, deeper. Yeah. Um, And it sucks. And yeah. and then on the the even worse is the life safety stuff is um, devastating to see because you know what could happen if something does go wrong. Oh, you, you sure. just see it play out in your head. Oh, electrical is the other one too. Oof. Yeah, like that's... like there's like I'm surprised there's not more house fires. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a lot of stories of uh, a house that I used to live in that was just bad just all jerry-rigged by people that don't know what they're doing um maybe i'll share those stories in another episode we should, but... we should share some nightmares and pictures at some point but the one thing i wanted to say is uh last thing we'll we'll finish up just want to get your th- your uh opinion on this too but being in the in- industry um walking around friends homes that just buy a home that's a you know existing home or whatever and you're looking around you're like huh okay or you notice little things and uh-huh. you're trying to bite your, <laughs> bite your tongue have you had that sort of uh, uh situation we could, we could have a whole episode on this i think um so i've had friends and family members bring me into a house before and say what do you think yeah right and, and obviously, you know, I give them the first note, which is, Hey, without opening walls, I can't tell you everything. And I don't want you to do that. Right. Yeah. So that's the first and foremost thing. So it's like, look, if everything looks good, I don't see sagging. I don't see some damage somewhere. You know, I check all the, you know, plumbing areas, make sure it doesn't seem like there's any leaks and, you know, all those other kind of things. Like there's only so much you can really tell. Right. Yeah. But there are ones that I've walked in and be like, yeah, you want nothing to do with this, where you see kind of the funky patches, yeah, where you see like new stucco patches mm-hmm. and new drywall patches and the random stuff here and there that even though it's a fresh coat of paint, I'm like, that splatter doesn't match that splatter. And there's a reason why. Yeah. And it's at the corner of the house in the back, you know what I mean? And, yeah. like, and then you look at the roof and then the roof just recently patched and you're like, no, 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 no. Like, this is not something we want to do. Yeah. Um, so you see stuff like that. But the other thing is there's actually the other side of the coin. I try really hard not to get involved. Yeah. That's because true. what happens is they end up wanting your help to fix things and mm-hmm. do stuff, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But what happens to me all the time is like, I, you know, 
we don't make money off it, but we, we, you know, I kind of look at like friends and family, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I'd rather give them a really good deal and make sure they get taken care of. You'll never get anything for free from us, mm -hmm. but it's like, I want to make sure you get the right deal and get it done the right way. Yeah. And I give them a great deal. I mean, like truly like a great deal. Right? Yeah. Inevitably they always question pricing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, well, this guy over here is, you know, you get it all the time. I'm sure yeah. Well, this guy over here is saying he can do it for X amount of square foot. I'm like, then go get it there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, so, I, and I'm running into that in a, in a current situation right now where I'm like, I'm not here to fight with you. I'm telling you, this is what it takes to do it the right way as we see fit. Yeah. This is how I would do it in my own home. Mm -hmm. Like that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's always a challenge or I thought it was going to be this, or I thought it was going to be that. And it's just infuriating because yeah. you look at them and it's like, well, if you want the cheapest thing, that's fine. But understand that's probably what you're going to get. Yeah. And don't ask me to fix it after. Yeah. Well, let's, let's put a pin in that and we'll, <laughs> we'll have to do an episode on that probably. I think everybody's got those stories, right? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> They're the ones that always go wrong, by the way. Like <laughs> always. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, we're going to sign off today, but thank you so much for listening again. Thank you for joining me, Jason. Keep uh, us updated on the death trap, though. Yes, I will. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again on Thursday. Thanks. This show is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-Media.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star rating and a review on your preferred podcasting app. It helps others find us, and your support is the only way that this show grows. And don't forget to connect with us through our Facebook community, Instagram, and see the random thoughts and articles that we share on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for spending some time with us. Talk soon. Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host Patrick McLaney, FAIA former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise. From 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure 
as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK, the three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.